I um, just wanted to recap on um, last week's was our first podcast. And for all of you listening, last week we discussed a little bit about, you know, a first-time home buyer and all their financials, the down payment, borrowing from the bank, you know, a co-signer, pre-approval, the importance of that. So then we went into making a list of what's important to you, different things. There's so many when it comes to like buying a home. There's some people they'll detach, they want only attached. You know, they only want in a certain neighborhood. They'll take a community drive. There's so many different aspects of what's important in a house. Are you going to do work? Will you not do work? So making a list of what's important to you, but but at the same time just being open and going to look at homes and just seeing like maybe you'll go a little bit you'll give up on three things but you'll get the three other so we discussed that last week and that was basically we had some questions okay just whoever is uh, tuning in now the number to call in to ask your questions is 319-527-4160 I see someone here let's see if they have a question hello there's a 347 number. If you have a question, you can ask. If you want to call in, it's 319-527-4160 if you want to ask your questions. So we'll just move right along. Uh, basically, now we're ready. You know, a buyer is ready. They have their pre-approval. They figured out their financials, which is so important. They made a list of what's important to them, and now they're just going to look. So a few different points about that. Um, just in general, um, looking adequate, I wanted to discuss that a little bit. Sometimes buyers are not on purpose at all. They're just so focused on their actual looking at the home and their home search. Sometimes it can be stressful, especially if there are, if what you're looking for is hard to find and there are more buyers looking for that specific, and there's like one home for like 20 buyers. Um, if it's like a unique block or, you know, a very well-priced home, so you're up against a lot of other buyers and the process can definitely be frustrating. So sometimes when you go into a home, you it's, you, it's easy to forget that it's a home. Someone lives there, whether an owner lives there or the tenant lives there. It's a home to people and, you know, being respectful of the people that live there is so important. There are many times that you know, when I show homes and the seller wants to just recap all the offers and they reference like the people, oh, you know, the offer is from that buyer, oh, the one that offered to take off their shoes, or, oh, that one, the one their kids played with the toys and didn't put it back, like, not necessarily is always negative, but they remember, like, they reference people coming into their home. It's an intrusion. Some people are not, they don't like to be home when, when I bring buyers in. But some sellers like to be home. They like to hear the feedback. And as a buyer coming in to look at a home, it's definitely important to take, take note of who lives in the home. You come in, you know, just say hi, good evening, good morning. If the sellers are there, if you're walking around, the housekeeper is there, just say thank you so much. Just be nice. Just be real, you know. That, that I find is important. And even in terms of the agent, when I see a buyer come in, just that they say good morning to my seller or you know good evening thank you so much it just it's a nice it's a nice feeling for everyone and it makes the process just nicer um, again whoever is tuning in if you want to ask any questions the number to call in is 319-527-4160 so if an owner lives in there like I said you could you know compliment something that you like even if most 
of the home you don't like, you know that it's not for you, just go through the home. Sometimes people come in, they look at the first floor, they're like, nah, I saw it, I don't need to go upstairs to the basement. Do you know that the owner spent an hour sometimes cleaning up upstairs or the basement? Just being, just think of, put yourself in their shoes and just go upstairs. You know it's not for you, no problem. The agent went out of their way to come and schedule the appointment and show up. The owner prepared the house, or even if it's vacant, just be, you know, look around. So that's one thing. If there's a tenant in there, you know, thank them. It's very hard. I lived in two homes before I bought. I lived in two homes that I was the tenant and the landlord was selling the home. It's very in, in, intrusive. It's very, you know, it's, you feel like someone's invading your space. And the house always has to be up to date. With little kids, it's hard. So definitely, if a tenant's there, thank them even a little more. And if it's the winter and you know that you're coming in with boots, be prepared to take your boots off. It's not an excuse to say I don't have socks on or something like that. A tenant's living in there. They have, you know, nice carpet. Be prepared to take your shoes off sometimes. If their kids are sleeping in the bedroom and, you know, someone's yapping on the phone, if you're coming in and you're finishing a conversation, just finish it outside. Come in. The kids are sleeping and you're looking at a home and you only could peek into the room. Just, you know, be, be you know, courteous of whoever you're visiting, the home that you're visiting. And in terms of, you know, last aspect of etiquette of looking at a home is towards we, we focus on the owner, the tenant, and the agent themselves. Um, the agent goes out of their way. To, yes, that's their job, and that's my job to show homes. But at the end of the day, sometimes, no, it's not convenient for me to show the home at 9.45 p.m. Sometimes I have to cancel other things. And it's just nice when the buyers just say, thank you so much, you know, thanks for going out of your way, or just thank you. And I always like to follow up the next day or so asking for feedback. And just give specific feedback. The more feedback a buyer gives me, if I show them a home, Sometimes I think, oh, this home is a slam dunk for that buyer. And not that I'm expecting them to take the first, second, or third, or fourth home, but when a buyer gives specific feedback to their agent, or if it's a for sale by owner, to the owner, well, the owner doesn't matter because they're not showing anything else, but when a buyer gives specific feedback to their agent, it helps the agent know what, what else they're looking for. Like, I recently showed a house that's Autumn Avenue. I didn't have central air. So... When I ask for feedback, they're like, oh, you know, it's on an avenue. And I'm like, well, we knew it's on an avenue because that's the address. So that I can't change. And you knew that coming in. So obviously you were willing to give that part up. But then when we, you know, we spoke further, they said, oh, it didn't have central air. So I like to explain some things I could change on an avenue, attached, detached. You can't change that generally. Um, you can't change certain things, the location. If a house doesn't have central air, that's the easiest fix. You just add central air. You're not adding a third floor. You're not putting an extension. So some things are easier fixes than others. So that's in terms of the etiquette of actually, you know, looking at homes. I see someone's calling in with a question. Hello? Hello? Okay, there's a 917 number. If you have a question, you definitely can ask. So another thing that I always recommend to buyers that are looking, it definitely could get overwhelming when you're starting out looking for a home and you're not, you're not sure of where you want to live exactly. You want to live near, let's say, your family, but you might spread out a little further. You're not sure yet. So 
I would say keep a list. Sometimes agents give out flyers of homes, or you could print a Zillow, anything that you, you know, to show that you went to that home. Save all the papers and the flyers when you go see a home, and sit down once a month with your spouse or just with yourself, sit down and whoever's purchasing the home, and look through and just say like, oh, I remember this house. It's the third house I saw. I have seen 21 homes so far. Maybe I should go back to it. I definitely see a lot of times buyers, you know, the first or second home that I show them like nails it, and they're like, oh, it was so easy to find it. I might find it again. And they're like, let me just see more. I can't just take the second one. Totally, I'm not, I totally agree with, with that part. It's hard to take the second home you saw because you feel like, I need to see more. I didn't see enough. But many times, if you just make a list of the homes you saw, keep the flyers, and once a month, just sit down, recap with yourself or whoever you're buying with, and just go over everything. Call up the agent you're working with. I'm a very big fan of using one agent. It's not always possible in this community in, in Brooklyn because not every agent lets other agents in. But when you have one person who's sh constantly showing you homes, they know already what you're looking for. They could say, oh, that home, it doesn't have a bedroom on the first floor, and that's important to you because you need a family member, let's say, living with you. So they already know the setup. They know homes. It's easier. I would say another, another issue or another um, aspect that comes up often is, let's say just the wife goes to see homes. A buyer says, listen, my husband's busy working. I'm not going to bring my family with me for every home that I go see. They go alone. They see, you know, they see once in a while the husband joins them on one showing. You know, but they see 5, 10, 15, 20. They're constantly on social media. They see the homes, the prices. And then they find the one that's really an amazing price. It works for them. And all of a sudden, they're like, you know, they bring their husband along. He's like, okay, you know, he saw a few. And then when they bring their family along who didn't buy a house in 25, 30, 40 years sometimes, they're not in tune with the market right now. They don't, they don't know what the value is. They're not they're not aware of the prices double from when you bought. You're not getting a starter home for 600000 I recently had a case of someone, the house was really a slam dunk. It was, you know, a certain price range. Very, maybe once a year, this type of home comes up. You know, it was five bedrooms, priced very well. And, you know, when they, they brought their family down, it was like a, a real winner for them. You know, they're the parents were like, one of them specifically was, oh, this? I'll offer 600 I'm like, do you know that you're lucky if you could get it for a million? So they're like, what? A million? So it's so, it's hard for me to watch that scenario take place. And it happens quite often that not necessarily are the in-laws and parents or the grandmother that's helping out and then wants to see the house. They're not always in tune with the actual market right now. So again, keeping your family updated once a month and saying, these are the homes I saw, these are the prices. You could show them videos or pictures online to keep them on the same page of what's available, what's in the market. So that's, um, that's basically it. Again, if anyone has any questions, I did get two questions off of Instagram, so I will um, read them. But if anyone has any questions, the call-in number is 319 527-4160. I see that there are two people that are called in, trying to answer them. And if you hear me and you want to talk, feel free. So let me get to the questions that was asked on Instagram. 
so one person asked what's the average price of a simple three-bedroom home house in Midwood these days so I'm assuming simple you mean by starter home because that's what I'm thinking like a starter home a smaller you know smaller home and so basically in Midwood Midwood is large Midwood can mean East 2nd and Avenue N or can mean like East 32nd and L so I would say straight off the bat in like the 30s or some parts of the 20s some higher teens you definitely could find a starter home three bedroom in the eights maybe the nines between 800 and a million approximately definitely Midwood has seen um, a settling of prices over the past few months so we have a one family three bedroom home in Midwood going for under eight but at the same time it's fully attached so depends basically that's um, I would say the the prices there is another question what keeps you motivated every day this is on Instagram someone just asked a little while ago what keeps you motivated every day so basically what keeps me motivated everyone has different things their why I always say like if you sit down and you make a list of what's your why what's your big what's your motivating factor so let's say for me with you know working for my family and providing for them that's my big why my family and you know just being a help of other people getting them from point A to point B and helping them with a need that they have that's my why my passion so everyone has to find what's their why and just remind themselves of that all the time I am constantly listening to classes on Emunas which um, you know the real estate business contrary to what people think <laughs> not an easy one buying or selling or being an agent when someone constantly gives an offer on a home and constantly gets outbidded because they can't offer you know no mortgage contingent or a cash deal it's very frustrating so I would say um, keeping yourself motivated in all aspects if you're a buyer seller or an agent is being surrounded by people that are positive and constantly listening to whatever talks to you I have some people you know if you want to DM me on on Instagram it's at the Befar team the B-E-H-F-A-R team and I can send you a few of um, you know people that motivate me and I change it up all the time there's another question that came up on Instagram if issues come up during inspection how is that handled so basically that's a very good question so I like to always tell buyers so an inspection for those of you listening and don't know it's a home inspection once a client this is talking about in New York New Jersey is totally different inspection is done during the attorney review which is basically your contract almost so in New York inspection we're going to get to that in a different week so just in a nutshell an inspection a home inspection is done once you have an accepted offer before you sign contract you bring down a licensed home inspector or an engineer to check out the home so whoever has bought a house for me most of the people who have you know worked with someone in our office we like to give I call it a pre-inspection speech that all the homes that I sell in Brooklyn are mostly a hundred years old some of them are new construction condos like apartments 12 15 20 years old or 25 years old generally they're almost a, literally a, they're, we're almost in 2020 and some of the homes are built in 1920 so that we're dealing with homes that are 100 years old 
they are old. They're built strong, but they're old. There are many issues that could come up. The bigger the home, the wider it is, more structural issues. So if ish I always give this pre-inspection speech. Anything major, major foundational, active leaks, termites, sometimes asbestos. We'll get into that in, when we talk about inspections. But if all of that, if it's a major, I like to have a seller either pay part of it or most of it. We, we like to work that. That's genuinely accepted. Um, otherwise, if there are minor, there always mi there's always minor things that come up. Everything is a discussion between, you know, the seller and the buyer. Okay, I'm reading another issue. How could I submit offers on different homes and then pick which one I want? Okay, so again, in one of the f future weeks, we're basically following along the process of a buyer. So we're going to be talking about giving an offer and how and the different etiquette on that. But in a nutshell. Your question is, how can I submit offers on different homes and then pick which one I want? So generally it doesn't work like that. I guess you can do that. If I, I'm assuming you're saying if you go on a Sunday to an open house and you see five homes and you give an offer on all five and they come back to you and they accept, three of them accept, how do you pick? It's not something generally done. People don't really give offers on five homes. Um, especially if it's through the same agent. They'll be like, just decide which one and go with it first, you know. But if you do, um, you have to be super confident in yourself. I know that if someone comes back and if three people accept your offer, you say no to, one, to two of them and you go ahead with one, when you want to go back to the other ones, they, they're going to be like, we already accepted your offer, you walked away, why should we trust you again? So it just messes up the whole, that whole trust aspect. Um, yeah, you could probably message me if you want to ask me more specifically what you mean. It looks like you're, you're referring to something specific. Um, let me just see if any other questions came in. Seller. Seller is very sentimental about his home. How do you avoid telling him you will demo? Okay. So, I get this a lot. This is an interesting question. Um, so sometimes sellers, they live in a house for many years and they raise their kids, they raise their family. Sometimes they were raised in that house. It was a you know, home for generations. So in their family for generations. So it's, they have a real strong emotional attachment to it. So if you know that some, your buyer, if you're coming in as a buyer and you know you're going to gut the whole house out, don't tell a seller that. Don't lie. But don't tell them straight out. It, bre it breaks their heart, you know. There's always something positive that you could compliment. You know, there his mother's teapot or an interesting, you know, picture on the wall from 1800s. Whatever you want to compliment and discuss, and just be genuine about it. Don't be fake and compliment on everything. Just be genuine. Ask them questions about their house. Make that connection. But my personal belief is, don't tell them you're going to demo it. If a seller tells you, I only, I'm only going to sell it to you if you keep it as is, then yeah, you have to tell them that you're going to do some work. But no one ever knows what, exactly what work they're going to do until they actually do it. Um, there are some here. There's another question. How can you filter out serious sellers versus unrealistic sellers? Okay, so how do people filter out a serious seller and an unrealistic? So a serious seller, I'm assuming you mean that he's serious, he's definitely selling, and you're going to get the listing, work on it, whatever the highest offer is he's taking, as opposed to unrealistic seller who wants way more than what their home is worth, 
you know, no one cares about 40 years ago you put in, you know, the latest style in kitchen cabinets because it's not on style anymore. So sometimes unrealistic sellers, they tend to overask and think their home is super unique. And sometimes I say, yeah, it's too unique that you're not going to find a house. I don't say it like that. I'm sharing it to you like that. Um, so th your question is, how can you filter out a serious seller versus unrealistic seller? So it used to be like a year ago or something. A, yeah, a year ago and, and you know, some, yeah. The market was just going up every month. I would sell a home. Three months later, the neighbor would sell for much more. Then three months later, the, the other neighbor down the block would sell for more. It was a different type of market. So yes, you could have dealt with an unrealistic seller only because you probably would have gotten his, him, him the number. But, but now, the market is totally different. It's not that type of market. And if a seller doesn't have a motivation to move, they're moving out of Brooklyn, they're, they're downsizing, they have an apartment, they, if the number you're giving them is not making them like want to sell for that number, then, then just don't take it. That's how you could filter out. Feel out their motivation and ask good questions. Okay, let me see if there's anything else. Okay. So thank you everyone for listening. If you want to ask a question, the call in number is 319-527-4160. We are today in podcast number two of Sinai Radio, Getting Real with Real Estate. I'm your host, Karen Beffer, real estate broker of the Beffer team. Thank you again.